Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. A very special guest on today's program, Matt. He is the boss. He is the founder and CEO of the Locked On Podcast Network, the network's namesake, David Locke, who just got finished broadcasting the Utah Jazz's season. He's the play-by-play voice for the Utah Jazz, and uh, this network has grown from one little podcast, Locked On Jazz, to over 100 pods, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, college sports. It's pretty amazing. So I I wanted to bring, since this is our first show, Matt, on the solo feed, the Peacock and Williamson feed, no longer being simulcast on Locked On NFL, we have officially turned the page. I wanted to bring David on the show just to talk about where the network has come from and where it's going. Yeah, I mean, this is a historic episode of our brand new podcast. So uh, he's the the only guest we could have had. I mean, it, it's an obvious choice. Um, the founder, the, he's the reason we're all here. He's done tremendous things and excited for people to hear it. And we do have a ton of segments coming up new segments this season for the Peacock and Williamson show and some new guests coming up next week. And we'll talk more about that stuff, but there's also some news before we bring David on the show in the league. Uh, Let's start with Adrian Peterson. I mean, what a career this guy's had no longer a member of the Washington football team. I don't know what your thoughts are on him currently where he could land, but I mean, he doesn't need that much more for his hall of fame resume in my opinion. Oh, I think he's in, and I think he's in the conversation of the top 10 running backs of all time and would be even further appreciated if this was the 70s, the 80s, you know, I mean, because he's not a a factor in the passing game, he's become a little bit of an afterthought, but I still think he's playing well enough. I mean, he's every bit as good as Frank Gore still, you know, I mean, I think he could do that role somewhere. Um, A couple notes there. First off, I think, you know, we're recording this, three o'clock Eastern on Friday and cuts are coming soon. So a lot of people have been cut by the time you listen to this folks. That's a Saturday thing. And I think there's gonna be more veteran brand name guys than people think. And here's my logic behind that is if you cut Adrian Peterson and you save his cap space, um, you can roll it over to next year when there might be more cap constraints than people originally thought. So some teams might be thinking ahead cap wise with some saving some money now. And that makes sense. I mean, Washington's not winning the Super Bowl with or without Peterson, but I did want to bring him up because I think he's a really unique player. You know, like I spent those three years at Pitt and then another one at Akron watching recruiting tape every day. And I watched his high school tape and thought I'm often asked, is there anyone you watched at high school that could have went straight to the pros? And my only answer was always Peterson, like an amazing freak of nature running the football. Just absurd. And I think for a lot yeah. of fans, maybe, you know, the last five years or so, you forget since around right. 2015 what you, you're, you think of the Adrian Peterson in his 30s. And by the way, the last two years, 4.2 yards per carry. 4.3 <laughs> yards per carry. There's some running backs in the league that wish they had that um, that yards per carry average right now, and they're in their early 20s. Um, but the Minnesota Vikings version, the 2,000-yard the rusher from 2012, right? So the, the, the guy you think of in his 30s, Adrian Peterson, um, it, it, it doesn't come close to what he was in college at Oklahoma, what he was early in his career for the first, you know, almost 10 years of his career, like just absurdly talented player, like almost Terminator level. Like he's not from this world. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's well said, you know, like built to carry the football, you know, like, I mean, just a, 
a thoroughbred. I mean, just a, I always, I would call him like a Clydesdale, just a big, powerful horse that runs strong and upright. And I remember there were some quotes. Remember when he wrecked up, wrecked his knee? I, yeah. I'm pretty sure the doctor that went in and, and looked at, you know, and did the surgery said something along the lines of, I had never seen a human knee look like that. You know, like it, it's absurd to me that you and I and him are the same species, you know, like, (laughs) and I mean, that is such a compliment. I mean, he is built to carry the football. He had a thousand yards in 2018, by the way, last year, 898 yards. He had over 200 carries, so he can still tote the rock. And I'm sure he's got some drive to continue to play NFL football, which makes me believe with the attrition level at running back, there's some teams out there that could still use Adrian Peterson. What do you think about him in 2020 somewhere? I bet he plays. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I don't know where, it might take an injury. He might not get claimed the next couple days, but I bet he plays. Another bit of news in the NFL is Jadavian Clowney, and it, and it sort of struck me a little bit today when I was reading some of the stories about Clowney, and now the latest is that uh, the the New Orleans Saints, which was is a surprising team to me for Clowney, is on their way to Houston to his home and trying to convince him that the Saints might be the right team for him to sign with. I know the Titans are out there as well. Those seem like the last two remaining that want to talk to uh, Clowney and try to get him in. But it kind of dawned on me, Matt, and we'll talk about the Saints specifically since that's the latest rumor. Maybe Clowney was like, okay, well, I'm not going to get $20 million. Why would I go through training camp if it's going to be the same amount of money if I sign in July as if I sign in September? So maybe it's smart that Clowney's just sitting back and waiting for maybe some injuries to mount for some teams or whatever, and then now sign the week leading up to the season. Now, that might be all it is. You know, I mean, that, hey, I'm good. We remember that, I mean, he has a reputation of maybe not being the uh, nose to the grindstone worker, you know, day in and day out. And remember his last year in college, he kind of put yeah. it in neutral and, you know, I mean, I don't want to go through camp and possibly can you know, deal with COVID and all that stuff. Uh, someone will still want me. And if I'm not going to get 20, like you said, for a long-term deal, I'll sign in early September and people keep calling them. I'm sure. I think Tennessee makes all the sense in the world and I'm still going to bet on that one. And when I heard the saints, I'm like the saints, they don't need a defensive end. You know, that doesn't make a ton of sense. But then I thought, well, they're, as we talked about with the Kamara situation, they are in it to win it like no other team in the league year after year, and especially this year. They've been super close. It's probably Drew Brees' last year. Max out the credit cards, take a shot. And then I thought, he's not very dissimilar to Cameron Jordan. You know, he can line up inside. He's a power player. Uh, It kind of works. Boy, that team would be good. Yeah, it would be. We talked a lot about the Saints earlier this week, but this is definitely a new wrinkle here. I want to get a little bit more into the fit for the Saints, uh, why I'm with you. I like Clowney's fit better with the Titans. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about wide receivers before we bring on our guest today, David Locke, coming up on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Big, hungry, little bit of time. Built Bar, then, is for you, and you'll feel good about grabbing a built Bar as whatever. Morning, midday snack, a meal replacement. If you're looking to stay in shape, you want to feel good about a high-protein, low-sugar protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, go to BuiltBar.com. Get a box with a very special discount. Promo code locked on for $10 off your next order. Not only is it low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, but high-fiber and even great for a keto diet. 
peanut butter, my favorite flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar. Uh, if you want to go with the new cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Build your own box of Built Bars or get one of the 18 fantastic flavors that are covered in 100% chocolate and use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order. Promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Here's an interesting stat here, which is the, the, the biggest reason why Saints and Clowney, it's like, ah, what are you doing? Well, there's actually two big things here with the Saints and Clowney. One is, okay, we just went through this earlier this week with Alvin Kamara. If you are Alvin Kamara and you're sitting there and you see the Saints going hard after someone like Jadavian Clowney and potentially giving him the money that you are asking for per year, wouldn't that tick you off just a little bit? And then you already have Marcus Davenport, who, by the way, had a better pressure rate last year than Jadavian Clowney as a pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, I think it, that's something the fans don't always think about is the effect, every time you sign someone or give money to someone or don't, it affects the locker room in some way, shape, or form, you know, and everyone thinks they deserve it and not everyone can have it. And I often think about the Patriots. One of the great things about Brady taking less all those years was, hey, if I'm Gronk, can I really go to Mr. Kraft and say, I deserve more than Tom? <laughs> you know, like it has a ripple <laughs> effect. And it, maybe that would rub Kamara the wrong way. And or Kamara's about to sign any minute. And then after he does, then Clowney gets his money is the smarter way to handle it that that everything together is why the Tennessee Titans make so much sense to me because it's a perfect fit he's like that perfect player to go opposite of the the sort of finesse speed rusher that you have in Harold Landry who I really like as a breakout player and, and a really good young pass rusher in the NFL and Jeffrey Simmons who they drafted last year and stole late in the first round um, on the interior I mean that starts to make a really dynamic front and I already like what's going on in the back end and um, and some of the linebackers there in in Tennessee, they brought in Vic Beasley, but it's like that's not uh, a hindrance to me to signing Jadavian Clowney. And uh, the ten Tennessee Titans are a team that wants to win, and that's a competitive division. I like the fit better for Tennessee much more than the New Orleans Saints. But I get it if you're the Saints and you're just trying to go all out and win your last year with Drew Brees too. No question about it. And I guess the the question you know we maybe we're looking at it the wrong way is. Not where he fits better, but where would he rather go? You know, I mean, the, the Titans are a good team, uh, very familiar with Vrabel. I mean, I, I understand that, but the Saints, I probably got a better chance to get a ring. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think it's a tougher gauntlet to run in the NFC, though. For the true, Saints. good point. Um, but yeah, I, it's interesting the the whole clowny thing and. The fact that the teams he's played for don't want him is the one thing that screams to me. It's like, what are you getting with Clowney? I think a one-year deal is the way to go, too. So you're getting the best of both worlds. If you get a one-year deal with Clowney, you don't have to have that long-term commitment. He's playing for another contract again for you this year, and you got him probably for a bargain number. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, one little thing that just came across the 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 yeah, the ticker here and just kind of reiterates what I was saying about veterans getting released. The Broncos released Todd Davis, and – that doesn't sound like a big deal, and it really isn't him. But he started 59 games from them, and it saves $4.5 million. I mean, it's just a perfect example of maybe most years you keep them, but this year you cut them, you roll that money over to next year because you're worried about the cap a little bit. 
And the other thing to remember with veteran contracts, if you cut a veteran and then re-sign him after the season starts, then those contracts aren't guaranteed anymore, too. So, you know, there's some there's still a business in the NFL. And so there's some salary cap ramifications and there is guaranteed money stuff. So if you're not sure about a guy and you might see some of these veteran players uh, get signed after the rosters are set because then those veteran contracts aren't automatically guaranteed for some veterans. So that's another thing to think of. And just, you know, there's so much, you can get really deep in the weeds when you start talking about salary cap stuff and contracts in the NFL, but that's another wrinkle and another factor to some veterans that, that might not get jobs until, you know, the day after the season starts, basically. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent true. An interesting statistic here, Matt, and uh, we don't have to get too deep into this conversation with wide receivers and young wide receivers especially, but there's a lot of really good young receivers in the NFL. But this one really jumped out to me, this stat that uh, Scott Barrett threw out earlier this week, and I wanted to run it by you because it kind of blew me away. Most receiving yards before their 23rd birthday in NFL history we're talking about here, and Randy Moss is number two, and he was as dynamic as anybody right out of the gate in the NFL. Number one, Juju Smith-Schuster, who has uh, about 150 more yards than Randy Moss did before their 23rd birthday. Wow. I mean, I kind of knew that. I talk about Juju a lot, obviously, here in Pittsburgh. But I don't think people realize just how young he was coming out of USC. I mean, I remember, I think it was his second training camp, they made a big deal because he finally turned 21 and he could have a beer. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, and that's after a down year, too. You know, like. His first two years in the league were remarkably productive. This past year was a little down, very down by the standards he set before that. And he still has that mark. That's pretty crazy. It's remarkable. Yeah. And how quickly at USC, remember, he jumped onto the scene as a rookie. He was like a 17-year-old enrollee at USC doing those things in that conference for that football team that was better back then, uh, even though it was just a few short years ago. Uh, That's pretty remarkable what he's been able to do. And he hasn't put up those numbers last year but the quarterback situation was different and I know that you're closer to this so I wanted to ask you for those that are drafting in their fantasy football leagues don't know where to rate Juju Smith-Schuster was the factor last year more Ben related or more not having Antonio Brown taking up double teams on the other side related way more Ben related but even early on the added attention of being Batman instead of Robin I think was tough on him um, he also played through some injuries last year, which we absolutely have to note. He did not move as well. Um, a huge key with Juju, and part of that is why they drafted Claypool, is he's much more effective out of the slot than out wide. And he doesn't excel at getting off press coverage. He needs to be schemed up a little with a two-way go, usually against a smaller corner. Not that he can't do the other things, but I'm comparing him to the other top receivers in the league. And Johnson, Washington, Claypool will all be outside guys. So Juju's going to live in the slot this year, which is where he does his best work. I like him a lot as a player. You know, he's a free agent after the year. I can't imagine what someone that young with that resume could get on the open market. It's going to be an awful lot. Um, But I don't think he's a special player. You know, AB was a special player. Juju's a really solid player above average player without question. And for fantasy, he's going in that neighborhood where I'm taking receivers where there's so many good ones, but he's not landing on my team very often or at all. Looking at the rest of this list, it's remarkable how young players are now coming into the league because you think about, okay, who had the most receiving yards all time? Jerry Rice by a lot. He was barely starting to play in the NFL by the time he was 21. So receiving yards before 23rd birthday, the only player 
before the, the year 2000 on this list is Randy Moss, who was a rookie in 1998. And the only other player who was a rookie before 2010 is Larry Fitzgerald. He was a rookie in 2004. He's number six on this list. So it goes Juju, Randy Moss, Josh Gordon, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Larry Fitzgerald, Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins. Watkins was really young coming out, too, as a, as a true yeah. junior or a redshirt sophomore. I can't remember. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And this one surprised me. DJ Moore, just under 2,000 yards before his 23rd birthday. And Larry comes to mind because I was with him at Pitt, Pitt, obviously, and he was the first player to come out after just two college seasons. So he had a lot of those youngest guy to 3,000 yards, youngest guy to 4,000 yards. He had a lot of those records back in the day, too. But boy, I mean, pretty good group. And just because you get a lot of yards before your 23rd birthday doesn't mean that's going to continue into your 30s, as we've seen with Josh Gordon, who hasn't even doubled that total from before his 23rd birthday yet. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I think, I, I know Seattle just resigned him and who knows what happens there. The last time I think he was productive though was like 2013. I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it, it was a very long time ago with the Browns. So anyway, so that, that was a fun stat I wanted to talk about a little bit. Yeah, and now let's bring on today's esteemed guest, founder and CEO of the Locked On Podcast Network, David Locke. Our guest today is... Not only the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, but he's the founder and CEO of the Locked On Podcast Network. It started with just one little podcast and has now exploded, covering so many sports, so many shows. And David, first of all, I have to thank you for giving us a platform, Matt and I here, not only for me on the Locked On 49ers show, but uh, the Peacock and Williamson show now, and our guest today, David Locke. I don't know, David, you might have overestimated how much power the Peacock and Williamson names have. Well, I mean, iTunes rating, top of the iTunes charts in the very beginning, uh, very impressive. Your loyal fans with huge amount of five-star ratings already. You know, it's why we have the five stars on the Locked On logo is to represent the five-star rating of a podcast. So you guys have fulfilled that. You guys are amazing. Matt's an OG from the very, very beginning. Brian, you've (laughs) taken that 49ers show in a pretty busy market to uh, great heights. So you guys have been uh, incredibly impressive. I would point out, by the way, you introduced me as the play-by-play announcer of the Utah Jazz, but if it's an NFL podcast, then really, I'm just the husband of the Seattle Seahawks former sideline reporter. Really, that's my <laughs> NFL claim to fame as my wife. That's good. Yeah, David, Brian, thank you for the opportunity. I want to as well. Way back when, when there wasn't a, a, a whole wealth of locked on NFL shows at all, you know, we, we, you and I went down that road, and it was been working out really great. And I think a lot of our listeners don't really understand how the whole Locked On Network came about and how it grew from your original vision. Can you kind of coach them up on the history? So, I mean, without boring anyone too much, the the backstory is that I became the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, having been the radio voice of the Sonics and been fired. And I thought that was not a really good script. I was trying to avoid being fired again. And so I start, (laughs) you know, generally something that's advisable. And so... I started doing a daily podcast on the jazz um, because I was trying to connect with the listening audience more than just calling 82 games. I kind of thought in the modern era we had to do more. And it, it kind of took off and had a pretty good audience. And, and then I went back to when I used to be a radio program director and realized, well, look, 
Nationals are more important and bringing a bigger audience than Nationals. Great moments. Others have been, if you look at the local ratings in every market, the local shows are always better ratings. But the National is able, you know, they, they piece it together across the country and then that works. So, you know, no one's a fan of the NFL per se. They're a fan of the 49ers. They're a fan of the Bears. They're a fan of the Eagles. And then that makes them a fan of the NFL. Or they're, you know, and the same thing with the NBA. And so it all starts with your local team that you love the most. Now, sometimes if you're a, Jacksonville Jaguar fan, you might, sorry, Tony Wiggins, you might have to decide that you root for the league and follow the league. I get it, right? There's, you know, Sacramento Kings fans feel the same way. But the fact is that that local piece is what makes it special. And just audio was the last piece of the puzzle that wasn't on demand. So the 49er fan driving through San Francisco puts on his radio he might get KNBR talking about the Warriors. He might get him talking about the Raiders. He might get him probably going to get KNBR talking about the Giants. And what happens if he wants the 49ers? Well, then you go to Lockdown 49ers, and you know you get the most knowledgeable local expert immediately on demand. And we have served that market and served it well, and they're growing amazingly. I was looking at our numbers last night. To year to date of September 1, we're up, I think we're at about I had to do quick math on it, but we're about 71 million listens, and we were 43 million last year. And unless someone missed a boat, this year's been a little strange on sports. So for us to be up nearly two times the audience as a network, despite COVID, is pretty incredible. It's really because of work from you guys. I mean, at this point, we've we've built the structure, but you guys are doing the work, and it's remarkable. And, and I'm really excited about Peacock and Williamson. This is a new this is a new venture for us. We've you guys have built it under the Locked On brand, and We've had big success on the NBA with Hollinger and Duncan. John Hollinger, the former NBA general manager, and Duncan, Nate Duncan, a great NBA podcaster. And so the feeling is there's no reason why Peacock and Williamson can't build that same kind of massive top 100 iTunes-rated audience at all times. Matt's expertise, Brian, your NFL knowledge. And so this is the first time we've taken one of our shows and kind of peeled it off into something bigger, and that's pretty exciting for the network as well. Yeah, super exciting for us, too. And a big shout-out to all the listeners out there who have been rating and reviewing and pushing that up the iTunes charts, even when there's only a trailer up there. It was really cool to see. So appreciate the listeners. Appreciate you, David. Uh, and if, for those who haven't put it together, the reason it's called Locked On is because David Lock is his name. He started out with Locked On Jazz, and it's grown so much. David, what are your thoughts on how much it's grown, and what are your visions for the future of the Locked On Podcast Network? So the the first thing is, had I had any idea, I would have changed the name. Like, <laughs> there's no chance, there's no chance at all that I would have gone with Locked On if I had really thought about the fact that we were going for 150 shows covering every sport. Um, it just, like we did it, it sounded good, but I, I don't know. In retrospect, oops. But it's a cool, if it wasn't my last name, it'd be really cool. Because um, it is at that you are you're locked on to your team your league your sport uh in a you know you're if you're listening up peacock and williamson you you know the game better than most people with the time you're done with the show and if you listen to lockdown 49ers you know more about the 49ers than probably anybody the water cooler is a, a, a pain now at the old water cooler uh because nobody knows the team as well as you unless they listen to the show so lockdown actually matches you know i think what we're trying to be for advertisers, we're trying to be local passion on a national scale. It's a 
pretty unique buy if you're an advertiser that you can get a diehard fan for every team across every major market um, and have that passion and that connection to the host, and yet you're able to buy on a national scale. Um, from, a, you know, your team every day, I think, is our cornerstone. Are there, are there build-outs around it? Maybe, but maybe we'll just do what we're doing and do it great. Like, I keep – we've had a lot of opportunities and a lot of partnership possibilities, and I just kind of keep coming back to – we're going to own this market, this spot in the market, and be very successful at it. And you know, our revenue has been two, three times, three times really every year. So if we can keep this going, it's going to be a great win for everybody. But my real goal would be that rather than you guys piecing together, frankly, all of our podcasters out there are piecing together a living, and that we're a piece of that puzzle. I'd love it if we could have it that our podcasters were making so much money from Locked On that they didn't have to piece together other things. I'd be all for that. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's my goal. <laughs> Somebody comes calling for me, and I'm like, you know what? Sorry, you can't afford me. That's right. Well, local advertising, local advertising is our next area where our shows have now gotten big enough. They can deliver a local advertising market. So San Francisco... Um, client can now buy in and buy the 49ers, the Giants, the Warriors all at one time and reach a client in a way that we couldn't have earlier because our audience is getting big enough and that'll, that'll push our um, fill rates up and everything and that'll, that'll push us toward that goal. That's fantastic stuff. I'm super excited about the network, and I love the work that you've done. You've done so much behind the scenes that people don't know about. So on this first episode that is on the brand new feed for the Peacock and Williamson show, David, I wanted to have you on to let the listeners know uh, where the network is going, where it came from, and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's awesome. And uh, our first official guest here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. That is is nice of you. I I appreciate it. I mean, truly... The network has gone places because people like Matt Williamson, when I called them out of the blue with this crazy idea, decided to become the signature piece. And I, you know, we threw Matt into the deep end a little bit um, and made him and made him, you know, swim um, in in a, with new skill sets. And you were incredible at it, Matt. And then Brian, what you've done with Locked On Forty Niners is is really, you know, it's one of our signature shows at this point. So the two of you guys have done amazing work. That's why the network's been good. Um, and was working toward great, and this show is hopefully a major part of it in our ability to peel off our talent into a national platform and show what the Locked On name can do as well as the talent on Locked On. So I'm excited for that. I'm honestly excited for the nine um, local experts that now get to show themselves on the Locked On NFL channel as well. I think people will really see the value of the network on the Locked On NFL show as well with uh, how much talent we have uh, across the board when they get to, you know, Noah Q or Chris Carter or Lucas Braun or Ross Jackson, um, Peter Bukowski every Monday, and whether and then at the same time with the, you know, the unique aspects of having a draft segment every week, a fantasy segment every week, and a um, gambling segment every week. I think those that show for kind of the top of the news, big discussions of the NFL, and you guys for that breakdown covering every team making everyone smarter. Hopefully it's going to be a perfect compliment for an NFL fan. David, thank you so much for joining the show, and I hope you enjoy whatever kind of off-season. I don't know what your off-seasons look like. I imagine there's a lot of work involved, but now that the Jazz are out of it, uh, I hope you enjoy the, the NBA off-season. And when your audience drops for this 10-minute segment, I won't blame it on you. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Find David Locke on Twitter at Locked On Sports. Appreciate it, David. Thanks for everything. See you. All right. Thanks again to David Locke. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And a reminder, you guys are still going to want to tune in to the new version of Locked On NFL. It's going to be a lot of fun over there. And don't forget to tell a friend about Peacock and Williamson. Subscribe, rate, review. We'll talk to you Monday right here. Peacock and Williamson NFL Show.